You're listening to Mornings with Eric and Bridget, right here on Moody Radio 89.3. Well, we're talking about the Asbury Awakening and your own revival with a couple who have a unique and historical perspective on it. Billy and Joanna Coppage is joining us. Billy's grandfather was the president of Asbury when the 1970 revival happened, and they have been a part of what's been happening over the last few days. I'm excited to meet them, to introduce them to you, and to hear part of their story today. Billy and Joanna, good morning. Thanks for joining us. Good morning, Bridget. Good morning. Uh, Billy, could you just tell us a little bit of your family history here and uh, what it taught you about that 1970 revival? Yeah, sure. Thanks, Eric. So in 1970, Jesus came to Asbury University in a really spectacular way, in a real beautiful way. And at the time, my granddad was the president. It was then Asbury College. And uh, it's fun to hear his story. You can see that on YouTube. There's a there's a, a great little documentary. But he was actually away traveling, speaking, and uh, he got a call, and it was late in the day, and they said we have a problem. And he thought, oh no, what's happening? And they said it's chapel. It's still not over. And uh, that was kind of the the same. There's so many similar um, connections to to what God has done just these last weeks here at Asbury. Um, but it's been fun to, to kind of see, wow, the God who worked in the 1970s is still the God that's at work in the 1920s, 1923, uh, two, 2023. <laughs> 2023. Yes, yes, we get it. We get it. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And Joanna, that's funny how Billy said that, because from what I understand, you gave him a similar call about 16 days ago. Yeah. So Billy was speaking in California when I got a text from a good friend that We've been praying for the university for years. Um, We were in ministry in Uganda together, and she's serving at the school now. And she texted me at 1220 on the 8th and um, was like, keep praying, be praying till kids have remained behind in chapel. Um, And and so there's there's just an excitement continued to bubble throughout that day. And we were able to enter in and be a part of the services on the 9th and through today. He's, he's still working. We praise him. Hmm. I guess the moral of the story is if Billy or some male from his family leaves the community, just watch out, right? <laughs> and I think it's really sweet, Eric. Like Jesus is so faithful to say, don't touch the glory. Don't hmm. touch the glory. And he's orchestrated circumstances so sweetly that, that it's not about any of us, right? Hmm. It's, it's never about any of us. But when we confess and repent, he is welcomed in in that space, and we just praise him for his presence. So, Joanna, when you were you got that text from the friend and encouraging you to keep praying because something unique was happening, and then you were able to be a part of it the following day. What did you experience there yourself? Yeah, when I first went into Hughes Auditorium, I was with my kids, and there were quite a few community members kind of milling about chatting, and I think a lot of skepticism and question and what's going on, for sure, in my own heart, let me say. Um, and and as my kids and I sat, and I, I just asked Jesus, like, what what is this? What's going on? It didn't feel spectacular to me in that first moment. It didn't feel um, like like what it became in in our community, and and so I just ask him, and he's like, you you are in my presence this morning, so so this isn't bizarre and strange to you, but but I'm welcoming others who who haven't met me before, and um, it was just a sweet promise from him that that this wasn't manufactured or man made, like he was coming for his children, he was meeting his own, and um, yeah, the next two weeks, one hundred percent testified to that truth. 
Uh, Billy, I don't know when you made it back home. I don't remember you saying anything about that. But when you made it well, back to back to the area, I guess, when you made it back to the area, what was your impression? Because you, you were coming now as a, an outsider almost uh, to a place you were very familiar with. But what did it feel like? What did it, what was the uh, impression you had as you you came back on campus? Yeah, it, it, overwhelming. <laughs> so actually, I got back and went in the evening um, to Hughes. Hughes is the the name of the big auditorium, and it, it seats about approximately fourteen hundred, and uh, and it was very full, very full. And uh, you had folks praying at the altar and worship, and they were reading scripture, and you know they did some testimonies. And I, I think what stood out to me is is I was like, oh, this is going to mark Asbury. Um, this isn't something that's just a small little thing. And it reminded me, I just thought it's going to influence the next decade of the university. I remember my granddad saying um, at one point is he said the revival in the 1970s happened in February. And I think he said he spent the next decade being invited to talk about what God had done at Asbury. And I just thought, oh, something similar is happening here. God's at work. And God, could you help help us, help Asbury, help those that are involved here so that, Lord Jesus, they could be hidden in you in such a way that then when when they get opportunities to share, they can be able to lift up Jesus and say, this is what God did. It's not actually about Asbury. It's actually about what Jesus is doing in the hearts and lives of young people that are hungry for him. <laughs> so, I, you know, at one point it was overwhelming just to be in that kind of experience. On the other hand, there was something very holy about it. Mm. And talk to me, unpack that a little bit more. When you say there was something almost holy about that, what what do you mean? Well, I, you mentioned the humility earlier, and I do think the university's really tried to steward this well and tried to kind of just keep lifting up Jesus. There have been, you know, there have been some some uh, miraculous healings. There have been some deliverances um, from diff- of different types. But the focus has not been on those things. The focus has been on what is God saying to the human heart? And then how do we get in line with him? How do we repent? How do we confess? How do we, um, how do we surrender to him? You know, kind of this place of full surrender. And I, what that, the word that I've heard over and over again is this hunger. People are hungry. And I think, Bridget, that's the thing. Like, we've heard of people, one of my favorite stories was, was a guy in Brazil heard that God was doing something. He bought a plane ticket. He flew to Lexington. He drove to Wilmore. And then he walked in the back of Hughes carrying a Brazilian flag. He walked down to the altar and he laid the flag on the altar and said, God, do it in Brazil. Mm. And I got to just tell you, I think, and, but we've heard stories like that from all over the world, all over the States. And it's like, oh, people are hungry for God. <laughs> They're hungry for God. And one of the things that Bob Baki, who he was speaking as he was closing out the service last night, he encouraged these young people and he said, you will never be the same. This is something that I experienced when I was in college and I've never been the same. I've never been okay with ordinary experience with God anymore. I want all of him and I've been seeking him my whole life and preaching him to others because of a service and an experience like this that you're experiencing. And one of the other things is that I, I've noticed is that the, as, the the professors and the teachers and the leaders there, they really, their desire is to disciple these students and to encourage uh, what has started in many of their hearts. Isn't that right? What do you know about that, Billy? 
definitely there's a sense of, okay, Jesus, how do we steward, how do we continue to steward this? And how do we send out people? But then how do we help develop, you know, whether it's small groups, um, different materials, how do we try and connect people with mentors and disciple makers to try and say, hey, we've got a lot of hungry hearts. How do we kind of move these folks and connect these folks in such a way that they can grow in their walk with Jesus? But it was interesting. People are doing that. And I think we're already getting reports of people saying, I went to Asbury, I met God, and then I had to go back and tell someone. I had to go back and tell someone. And I, um, that is just, that's been very moving as we're hearing, oh, God's at work in other places, churches, mm-hmm. other campuses, other ministries. And I think there is a certain point that we want to just highlight again. It's not about Asbury. There's a sense in which he's, Jesus is no respecter of persons and places. He can do what he's doing here, right where you guys are at in South Florida. Yeah, I was going to ask about that. Go ahead. What were you going to say? I'm sorry. No, I just was going to say, I think that's part of it. So is there a huge kind of almost daunting process of like, how do we disciple all these people and help them stay connected and grow? Yes. And they are actively trying to pray into that. But I also think there is a certain sense of, okay, we didn't ask for this. God has blessed us with this. Now God's going to have to help us develop kind of the connections and networks and systems to help train and, and invest in these young people and people from all over so that they have the tools they need to share their faith and be able to express all that God's done in their hearts. Mm. I heard someone say yesterday, and I'm not going to get this exactly how they said it, but you know, the question is, how do I get this revival here in my community, in my family, in my heart? And he was saying, every time you open up your Bible, you're stoking those flames of revival. Every time you get on your knees to pray, you're stoking that flame of revival. Yeah. It's not some going some special place or it's not being a part of some special service, but it's it's doing those things routinely that God has placed for us to be a part of that helps get that spark of revival moving in our own hearts. Is, is that how you understand it? For sure. And that's what's been proclaimed in the small moments of proclamation, right? Throughout mm-hmm. this time, like so much has just been confession, repentance, the word, prayer and worship, just continual worship in his presence. But but that that we might become blessed so that Jesus might be glorified. And I think that's it. like if we ask him in our hearts where we are, Jesus, how how do I would you help me remove myself from the throne of my heart so that you might be Lord of Lords mm-hmm. in my life? Mm-hmm. And then he comes like that is a prayer in align with his will. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is just, that we might be all his. So when we pray that way, he comes like he is faithful and comes in individual hearts. But then by the prayers of the saints for years, he's come in this community in a beautiful way again, because he's faithful and he responds to the prayers of his people. And his timing is not ours. And the way it works is not how we ima- looks is not how we imagine it would look. Um, but, but he's faithful. He's faithful to his promises. He is so faithful. And I guess, Billy, as we just have about a minute remaining, you've already said it. This really isn't about one college. It isn't even about only colleges. It's about all of God's people seeking him and having that hunger for him. So can we experience revival right where we are? And how do we stoke that? We've already talked about Bible reading. We talked about prayer. We talked about humility. But what's one way you would encourage us to not be fixated on one place? or one time, but to ask God to revive our own hearts? I just think, I think the answer for that is pray for a hunger. Pray for a hunger in your heart. Pray for God to give your, give, pray for God to give a hunger to your kids' hearts, your grandkids' hearts. Pray for God to give a hunger to your pastor, to your church leadership. 
Pray for a hunger in the community. Pray for a hunger in your colleagues. Pray for a hunger for God. Because I think when people have a hunger for God, they're spoiled for anything else. Mm-hmm. Mm. I think for I, way I too long. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I just, I love that promise. I just wanted to finish with, I think it's Matthew 5, 6. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. And we can give testimony. We've seen hungry people come here, mm-hmm. and God has filled them with himself. Mm-hmm. I think you want to do that in South Florida. Yeah, I think for way too long, I was going to say, we as people have been okay feeling not hungry, right? Like whatever that is, we, we've been wow. we've been eating the wrong food. We've been uh, filling ourselves with things that we thought would make us full, and we've tried to uh, stuff that hunger. And we need to come back to that that hunger for the Word, for God filling our lives. And we need to. Uh, I, I, I sense that. I sense that hunger, and I feel like we're at a good place finally for for seeing that that need being met. But it it comes through like we've been talking about humility and repentance. So would you pray for us? Uh, would you pray for us, uh, Billy? As we as you've already said, that can happen for us here in South Florida. I would love for you to finish our time that way. Yes, ma'am. Lord Jesus, I do just want to bring Eric and Bridget before you and all that are listening on the call. And Jesus, I just pray that your anointing would be upon them. And Jesus, I pray for a hunger for God throughout South Florida. I pray for a hunger for God as folks are driving to work. I pray you would meet everyone in the car. I just pray that you're an outpouring of your spirit mm-hmm. would stoke a fire and a hunger in their hearts for more of Jesus. And Jesus, I pray that I pray that for university kids. I pray that for moms driving their kids to work, driving their kids to school. I pray that for 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 um, people going wherever they're at. Or Jesus, the the folks that are retired, folks that are just slowly waking up. I pray Jesus that there would be a hunger for God and there be a willingness to say, I want more of God, and I'm not going to settle for a false a false substitute. And Jesus, wherever people this morning recognize, I've been filling my life with things that don't satisfy. Just like Eric mentioned, I pray that they could be quick to recognize and confess that to you, and that Lord Jesus, they would be willing to step away from what does not satisfy, and they would say, God, would you satisfy my heart with yourself? So Jesus, I pray you do that today, and I pray you'd raise up people that are hungry for God, and you'd connect them with one another. Connect hungry hearts. And Jesus, would you give them a burden to pray for South Florida? For God, whatever you've done here at Asbury, do it again in South Florida and start today, we ask in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Thank you so much for joining us and for sharing from your perspective and for your heart and for your passion for him and God's people. Billy and Joanna Coppage, again, have been missionaries in Uganda, and you can actually find out more about them. Uh, we've got them linked at ericandbridget.org. Thank you both so much for spending a few minutes and for your prayer as well. God bless Thank you. you. Thank you so much.